Hallelujah. Listen, I don't think there's anybody in this room has arrived in any of these things. I really don't. This is all an adventure, a journey of some trial and some error, but there will be successes. Matt, how do you know it's God's voice? I, Nikki sometimes says things and I said, you have to be fair to life. I go 50-50. Imagine it wasn't God. Well, that's 50%. Here's another 50%. Imagine it is God. Hello? Are you with that? It's simple maths, isn't it? You've at least got to be fair to life, haven't you, in the universe? <laughs> it might not be God, Matt, but say it is. Imagine it is. Well, hang on a minute. I've got some principles here I can check. I mean, love, is it God's heart? Does it exalt Jesus? Does it build people up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Guess what? Probably God. If we ask him, if we, if we ask for a word. Yeah, absolutely. I always He's ask not... him to close the door if I'm not supposed to walk through with you. I leave it to him. I say, I'll do it, Lord, but you just close the door if I'm not supposed to be there. Joe Walters used to say, see, Joe Walters, I used to say, God, give me a green light and I'll go. And Joe Walters used to say, I'm going unless you give me a red light. <laughs> that's my, that's my, yes. <laughs> I'm a little bit towards that nowadays. But you know, are you with me? And we've all got these anxieties and these little ways. Listen, this is an adventure. You individually, with your God, adventuring in this, wherever you are, however he wants to use you as a prophetic person. Okay. Whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, it will be born out of intimacy. Exodus 33. I'm going to rush some of this, but you can have a look at the scriptures. Exodus 33. Father God says to Moses, my presence will go with you. That's good. What's almost better is Moses' response. And I believe this is another key. If your presence does not go with us, we ain't going. I felt like God, Moses drew a line in the sand. How arrogant is this? How confident is this before God? Drew a line in the sand and said, if you don't cross it, we're not crossing it. <laughs> Body language, arms folded, just waiting for God to move. I think that's fantastic. Isn't that fabulous? To covet the very presence and intimacy of Father God is an exercise that we have to do at least daily, if not moment by moment, coveting his presence, entertaining his presence. Wooing, being wooed by his presence, spending time in his presence, cultivating that intimacy. If we're to become prophetic, it's gonna, I'm sorry, it's not about works of the law, but we have to engage with these processes and protocols and procedures. King David, you know, we say things like, well, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I've said this before. I've been to meetings where two or three have been gathered in his name and God wasn't in the building. Seriously, how bad is that? But I've been to other. So we know, don't we? He doesn't leave us nor forsake us. But Psalm 51, 11, David said, David, a man after God's heart said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. For the last couple of years, God has been really introducing Holy Spirit to me. You know, we've got a father, haven't we? Maybe old, we've got an image of a father, our experience, good or bad. The son, we can see, we've seen pictures and icons, we can see 
Holy Spirit, we don't see him. We just see his effects, don't we? Yeah. The leaves blow and the wind and he blows. And, you know, and, and, and I, I believe God, Holy Spirit, as part of the Trinity, is misunderstood and misrepresented. And uh, I would really encourage you to ask him to reveal himself to you. His sensitivities, if you will. Because we can quench him. We can grieve him. And you might know Catherine Cullman, a bit strange, but nevertheless, what a woman of God. She was so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And uh, she used to say, he's all I've got. He's all I've got. Do not grieve. Do not grieve him. And I believe that's something we should cultivate. A real sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And you won't watch as much telly. (laughs) And you won't listen to certain conversations because we're consecrated, because we're being sanctified to be a prophetic people. So our mouths and our hearts will be holy as holy, holy his. Psalm 32, let me finish off on this and then we'll do some exercises. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Psalm 32 verses 8 and 9 says this. I, the Lord, will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like the horse or the mule which lack understanding, which must have their mouths held firm with bit and bridle, or else they will not come with you. For I, the Lord, will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I don't know what you're like, but I just, I just, that's poetry to me. It's, it's not, it's just, it's such an apprenticeship. It's like God saw him wood like that and he's looking at me. He's not looking at the wood and, and, I'm, and I'm looking at him, I'm looking at him cutting the wood. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? His, his, his eye is upon you. His eye is upon you to instruct us and to teach us the way we should go. That's a comfort, isn't it? What kind of security is that? It's fabulous. When we're, we're experimenting in, in this, his eye is upon us. I'm trying to de- deconstruct some of the fear here. His eye is upon us. Instruct there. The word, Hebrew word, means to prosper. <laughs> I, the Lord, will prosper you in the way that you should go. Are you hearing this? We are so negative sometimes. We believe the lie of the devil sometimes. We've confessed our own lies. You know, the the most ageist people on the planet are old people. That's why, well, I'm 65, you know, that's I'm 60. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we put ourselves down. Here God is saying, I will prosper you in the way... That's his attitude to be, us becoming a prophetic people. Is so positive, so constructive, so he wants to prosper us in this. That's a joy. It's not something that he's teaching us out of, out of uh, just an education. He wants to prosper us in us, prosper us in it. And then it says, and I will teach you in the way you should go. That Hebrew word teach is like an archer. I think that's fab. Bullseye. Got someone's eye out. (laughs) What target? (laughs) He wants to prosper us in this people of God. And I just just know that part of these sessions he wants us 
to relax. He is so good. I'm going to stop now. We've looked at three... Oh, sorry. Has anybody ever seen the Vienna uh, Spanish Riding School? They're they're actually called Lipizzaner White Stallions. I watched this the other week. This thrilled me. You know, you've got Pat Edry on a horse. Got like the battered the life out of the horse. These white stallions in Vienna. I I watch it on YouTube. They are amazing. They just... Who's doing what? Who's leading who? They spend so much time with these horses. They're with them so much. The bond between human and animal is so close. Not like anything else on earth. The horse does it itself, but it doesn't. He's being instructed and prospered. Whispers. I think that's beautiful. Do you know, sometimes, I, I, sometimes I need a baton on my backside, you know, like when you were kids. Sometimes I, I need that, but my goal and God's goal for us is you don't see a difference. There's no difference. You see Alan Chester, you see Jesus. Wow, you never told me that. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. You're here to hear first. Yeah. But you're with me, people. That's our goal. I think that's an invitation and a thrill so that people don't see me. And that's the goal, isn't it? They just see Jesus. Isn't that, isn't that scriptural? Have a look at those white horses. They do all kinds of acrobats and, and jump on their back feet. And the guy just, <laughs> just seems to sit there doing nothing. He just... It's just part of the... They're one. I think that's an absolutely fabulous invitation by Holy Spirit so that we can be so sensitive to him. Has anybody... And feel free, and don't be ashamed, just for maybe 10 minutes or so, give me some testimony when you've got it right and braver even still when you've got it wrong. Does anybody give us some testimony of hearing God's voice? Go on, Anne. When I was in work years ago in a meat company, um, I was very friendly with a guy called Bill Carpenter and his wife. Um, I had a dream about his wife, and I dreamt that she was pregnant. So I came in the next day not thinking anything, and I said to Bill, hey, you never guess what I dreamt last night. He said, what's that? He said, you dreamt your wife was pregnant. He said, don't go in, did you? So I said, yeah. I said, that's strange, isn't it? And he went, well, the next day it came up to me and he said, how did you know my wife was pregnant? <laughs> wow. I said, I didn't. And they call it faith, don't they? Yeah. It's faith. And I said, no, no. I said, God gave me that dream. Wow. Yeah. And he, he just couldn't get over it. Yeah. Nice there has been a time when I really got it wrong and somebody came over to me. But this is the problem now. When you do get it wrong, depending on how it's said to you, yeah. I understand that. Listen, we need to be sensitive, but we need to be free. We've not got license, we've got liberty, and we need to be free with each other. And that's where the love of God is so important. It really is so important that we don't injure each other. There's such so many people have been injured by friendly fire over the years. And uh, but let's not let's not put the gun down. I'll say it say it again. Misuse, abuse is only. Corrected by correct use, not disuse. 
something like that. Has anybody else got any other testimonies of getting it right or wrong? Well, we're going to both, to be honest with you, and I don't really know where it stands, but one of the verses you hit on tonight was Jeremiah. And for a long time, my old church, I felt that something you need to go to the pastors and say, we're dying. Spiritually, there's nothing here, like you said, you're in the service, and you're thinking, I'm not even getting my ears tickled. And I was like, no, look, I'm only a youth, I can't go and say that to pastors. Yeah. No, no, no. And I did, and I told them that the church is, it's like the day of the same church, I said, it's... You're not going to sit because we're not one thing or the other. Yeah. And I ain't believing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still believe it because I don't think it can survive. Yeah. And slowly the 90 year olds are all dying off. Yeah. And the numbers are reducing and reducing, and you think, yeah. I still believe it is the right word because yeah. the church is spiritually dead. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big. But it was probably wrong, really. Listen, I've said things and done things. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, I, me and Mark Perry, who you don't know, we were going to be, go to America and be the next uh, Billy Grahams. Left me job and everything. Again, I say, what an idiot. <laughs> but, but Dave Elms, you know, I, we went to a, a meeting once and uh, when I got it right, I, have, I can't think of any, I've got it wrong. How arrogant is that? But uh, we, we were sort of nurturing this little young girl called Ruth, weren't we? And uh, she was in, from Manchester and she was going to this church. And he started organising weddings and marriages. Like, you supposed to marry him, you know. And uh, this young lad was sort of eight, 17, 18. And he wanted to marry him off with this 32-year-old who had three kids. <laughs> so uh, Ruth said, what do you think? And I said, I tell you what, I'm not going to give you my counsel, but I'll come along to the church and we'll visit one day. And, we, and I didn't even take my Bible, it was all a bit rushed. And we went along, and I'm standing there, and God's clear as anything. I can get BBC Two sometimes, <laughs> or Taxi for the Cabbage, yeah. but sometimes I can't hear God. <clears throat> as clear as anything, God said, he's going to ask you to speak. Are you prepared? I said, fine, Lord. He said, well, I want you to speak on Ephesians chapter 2. Great. I, said, I whispered to Nicky, didn't I? I said, watch this. I said, he's going to ask me to speak, because he was a bully, this guy. I saw a picture of him in these big hobnailed boots beating the sheep. And he said, uh, as you know here, we never fossilise, we evangelise. Brother, come out here and share your word. And he went, because I did, I had the boldness. And anyway, long story short, I, he said, can I, use your Bible? I said, yeah, can I use your Bible? That, yeah. He thought he was the, anyway, it doesn't matter what he thought really. But she left that church. So, But there's been other times I've got it wrong and I can't think of any. <laughs> Except Dave Elm's one, which is quite big. <laughs> but we've all, we all, sorry, Chris. Yeah, I think on, on getting it wrong, I think there's been times when I have shared something, but my heart hasn't been right. That's a nice yeah. one, yeah. Then, Good shout. So I've come away thinking, I think that was right. Yeah. But I've not been happy. Yeah, I've not I understand had that. that. Peace and the joy That's and good, the, that's the, good, Chris. The, yeah. Not pat on the back, but you know what I mean? I've not felt comfortable about what yeah. I've done. No, I, that's great. Saturday morning, I had a lovely, lovely time with the Lord, and it doesn't ha happen as often as I want it to, but I just mm. set aside, time aside, and I was, as I was just talking to the Lord, just things were coming to my mind, and I thought, right, I'm going to act now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I stopped, and I, I sent somebody a text, just a little, just friendly text, that was it, pinged it off, and it's, it just started the conversation. And it was just, it was lovely. The Fabulous. response I got back was way more than I thought. Fabulous. Or expected, you know. And I just thought, thank you, Lord. That's Hallelujah. That's a privilege, though. 
Yeah, that's fabulous. That, that's a great point, you know. It's not just what you get, it's how you deliver it, isn't it? You know, and uh, again, the love of God, which we'll cover, I'm sure, next week. Have you got anything to say now? Yeah, please. A um, couple of things I want to say, otherwise your notes aren't going to make sense. There's a, there's a bit that says testimony, you know, Tino's testimony about the picture of the bird on the wire. So unless I share that testimony, you're not going to know what the notes are about. So this is an example of where I got it right. We were in a prayer meeting uh, back in my old church, and I can't even remember what we were praying about, but there was a guy um, in our congregation that wanted to start a Christian radio station. And um, he had a vision for it, had a passion for it, and um, I just I just get this inkling from the Lord. I need to go and pray for him. So as I was praying for him, I get a picture of a bird that had been tethered by its foot. It was trying to fly, uh, but it just couldn't get anywhere because it was tethered. And immediately he turned around to his wife and said, um, I knew it, he said. And he then shares with me, he says, I've been offered this uh, package deal by this particular radio station, but it comes with all of these conditions. And I know in my heart of hearts it's just not right. And so this word was like a confirmation. Don't get tethered by, by that. Uh, and, and lo and behold, about a few days later, he came back to me and said, another company's now approached me with a far, far better package. And he went ahead and they launched a radio station and they had the backing of this uh, sponsor with this package and it, it ended up going great. So that's an example of where I got it right. Anyway, uh, just some notes about uh, motive and love. I'm going to give you this, these notes uh, that I've produced as well to go along with Jimmy's uh, notes. Uh, but on your main sheet, you'll see a phrase that I've used that I'd love you to memorize. It says, If you chew in the grass around the stump, eat the grass and leave the stump. Okay? <laughs> and, uh, you know, what do I mean by that? Um, in every prophetic utterance, there is some of us in there. There's some stump, okay? It might be to do with our worldview, our theological leanings, uh, even our emotional leanings, if you will. And um, when we're receiving a word from somebody, we need to recognise that it may not be 100% accurate. So in other words, if it's given in, in an attitude of love and with a motive of love... We can receive the love without necessarily receiving the word that may be inaccurate. Do you see, do you see what I mean by that? Or you can receive the bits that are accurate, that witness with you, that speak to you, but then leave the bits that aren't. And I think, I think if, if we have that in mind, that as we share, if we do it with that motive of genuine love and concern for our brother and sister, or genuine love and motivation, encouragement for our brother and sister then even if we get it wrong, we get it right. Because there's something that they can take from it that will be a blessing to them. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing uh, that I wanted to share is that uh, one of the ways that I believe God speaks to us is as a perfect heavenly father. So when I hear the voice of the Lord, it's as a father would speak. So uh, he speaks uh, either to help me or to correct me by helping it might be encouragement it might be guidance it might be affirmation um, when he's correcting me there's always an invitation to repent so do you remember last time I talked about the mirror you get the mirror held up and, and then there's the gracious invitation to come into change um, it might be warning us away from a situation T don't do that that's going to that's going to set you back. That's going to ruin you. That's going to X, Y, and Z, you know. 
It might be illuminating something new or something that I've forgotten. But the Holy Spirit, you know, Father speaks by the Holy Spirit in that way, as a, as a Father. And it has, you know, when God speaks, it's clear, it's firm, it's inescapable, it's loving, and it's tender all at the same time. There's just something about when God speaks that you just know that Dad's home, the lights are on, I can't go anywhere, he's here. And there's that, as well as being that, uh, that, that challenge, that power, that dynamic of awe, there's also that loving embrace, yeah. that tenderness that comes along with it. And Father really communicates in that way, and, and he's a supreme communicator. Um, in your notes you'll see that I, that I say this, the frequency upon which God speaks is the frequency of Jesus Christ crucified. Jim's already mentioned that today. His tone is that of a perfectly good father. Uh, we experience it in the constant knowingness of one another. <laughs> you know, it is recognised only by reason of frequent intimacy with the Father. And this is how you get better at recognising his voice. You know, my kids know my voice. I've spent enough time with them, I've talked with them enough that they know that as soon as I open my mouth, boom, that's Dad speaking. You know, we can have that same level of intimacy with our Father with Heavenly Father wow. and, and we'll learn to recognise his voice <laughs> and we'll learn to recognise it like, like Jim said it will sound like our conscience sometimes it will, that you're, we all have an inner knower mm-hmm. a, a, a no whatever we're going to call it I don't know but your no just goes and you kind of know that you know you know when I got um, when Liz and I were, were seeking God about where to go next we knew our time in Coventry was coming to an end um, we came up to Liverpool one time, we'd visited mum and dad, and in the car on the way back, Liz just burst into tears. I was like, this is, you're all right, love, what's going on? And, um, and she just said, I know in my heart that this is where we're meant to be. And immediately in my spirit, I had the witness, the peace of God, and I knew this is where we were meant to be. And so, so we all have a knower, and sometimes it just goes off, and that's a, a knowing from the Holy Spirit, you know. And and oftentimes, as I said, it's from it's it's the voice of conscience, uh, an image, a picture, an unction, something that you have to move out in faith upon, because sometimes you know what we want the whole map before we're going to move, and God just gives us light for the next step. And if you think that being a prophetic people requires no faith let me correct you right now and say it's going to take plenty of faith mm-hmm. it's going to be you know sometimes when I get a prophetic word I might get the first sentence yeah. and as I step out on that sentence all of a sudden it starts to flow yeah. and uh, you know I'm sure you can witness with that those that have worked, you know, operated in that as well but I never get the whole <coughs> thing in one go Sometimes I may get it over subsequent weeks, a little bit here, a little bit there, a bit of the picture there, and then somebody that I share it with will add to it and develop it. And sometimes that's how God speaks. But the, the, point, the point is this, that there's always going to be an element of ourselves in these things. If you're chewing the grass around the stump, chew the grass, eat the grass, leave the stump. Amen. <laughs> okay. It, it might... Uh, it, I do this, and I don't know whether it's good or bad, but, you know, I, I do look at videos and, and sort of it encourages me, like people like Sean Bowles, B-L-B-O-L-Z. 
Now, he gives these words out. Is anybody here? Does a yellow duck mean anything? And this couple stand up, say, and that's all he had, yellow duck. And uh, they just started a company and called it Yellow Duck. And uh, they were going to minister to people in Africa. And, 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 and so that, I've got to be honest with you, that gets my juices going. That stirs me up. And we need encouraging with things like this. So I would really encourage you to, you know, read books, read the Bible, be with God, and maybe watch some YouTube on it and get encouraged. So what I thought we'd do for the last quarter of an hour or the last 10 minutes is pray with each other. And, uh, and listen and practice, get into small groups of threes or fours and we'll pray and then maybe at five to nine we'll just come back and see if God said anything. Is that all right? Yeah.